the world, and even the persecution going on within Christendom as a whole, we're asking for those men, those men that want to stand up and stand in the gaps and to pray and get on their knees and come before God and just plead on behalf of the country, the homeschooling, the public education, and all these things to join us here at church every Tuesday at 6 in the morning. Here we'll first John 4. First John 4. We're going to read the whole passage, and then we're going to focus on verse 7 through 21. So quite a few verses to cover tonight, but we're going to see if I can do it in the allotted time. Last time I taught, I was worried that I was going to be way short of the the mark, and I actually went over about five, six minutes. So we have a, ten minutes short tonight. Yeah, we've got a lot to cover, so we'll see how it goes. Um, I didn't do any trial runs, so this is first first draft, rough draft, all of it. So. High speed. Yeah. I'm kind of a slow guy, but all right. So tonight, First John four, uh, chapter four, and the lesson that I've had planned or been planned is called "Spread the Love." You know, doesn't that make you just oh, spread the love? You know, rainbows, butterflies. Doesn't make you feel good to spread the love. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about the 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 good feeling kind of love. The mushy-gushy, all that stuff. I'm talking about the love that we can show to others. So I'm going to kind of have a few different perspectives of love and what that looks like for Christians. Now, um, I have a question, and this is open up to everybody. Just when I ask it, raise your hand, whatever, and just tell me what you think. What is true love? When I say true love, what do you think of? Agape love, true love, sacrificing, yep, God, what specifically about God, him, God is love, we're going to cover that tonight, the love that God has for us, Brother Bill, Love is sacrifice. It's not about us. We are sacrificing others. Yes. Unconditional. We're going to cover that as well. What is true love? Yeah. 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 True love. Adoration. Yeah. So more of somebody being the, the object of your true love. That is the, the pinnacle of what true love is. That is not usually what we first think of, but when it boils down to it, that is the picture of true love. There's no more truer love, if I can be grammatically incorrect um, a little bit. There's no form of truer love. I have down, true love is an action. It's an action. You know, talk about uh, somebody said it's doing something for somebody. Uh, true love is a person. You know, my wife is my true love. I don't have any other true love, right? Maybe sports, but shh, I won't say that. Um, 
Uh, not anymore. I'm grown up a little bit since then. But if you have that significant other, they are your true love, your parents. You know, somebody is your true love. Merriam-Webster describes it as one truly beloved or loving or someone's sweetheart. So again, the person. They describe it as the person being the true love, not so much an action. And in the Bible, John fifteen thirteen, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So that's an action. You have the dictionary that has it as uh, a person or an object, and then the Bible says greater love uh, hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. So sacrifice. So, like I said, First John 4, First uh, John is written to saved people. That is the, the context of this passage. This is for saved people. So I'm not really going to cover salvation necessarily. This, that is a big, um, if you don't start there, then this doesn't apply to you necessarily because you've got you to gotta have Jesus Christ in your heart first. That's the first step. And if you don't have Jesus, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, you need to do that. Um, so we're going to read verse 1 through 21, and again, our focus is going to be 7 through 21. So I'm going to start in uh, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of, of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. For love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know... Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed that God hath, uh, believed that, that the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may, be, may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love 
casteth out, casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And in a very well-known verse, we love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and he hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we <coughs> from him, that who loveth God, love his brother also. <coughs> so a lot to read there. And we're going to go through, <coughs> excuse me, verse by verse. Um, starting in verse 7, <clears throat> and kind of work through it. <coughs> so I, I just want to go over, uh, we'll go over verse 1 through 6, just kind of at least touch base on that, and then we'll move on from there. <coughs> so verse 1 through 6 is kind of a warning. There are people that they're going to say we're of God, but their actions, what they say, does not back it up. So the, the false teachers, so they're lying. They're trying to <clears throat> persuade people that this is who they are, but they're not that person at all. And so John is warning us about that and saying, you've got to be careful. You know, we see it even today. <clears throat> people who say, you know, make it look like they're such great preachers and everything's going great. The Lord's blessing their uh, ministry when really they could care less about what the Lord wants. They're just doing it for the publicity, the money, the fame. That's all they care about. <clears throat> so those, those false uh, prophets. Second um, Peter 2.1 also warns us, But there were also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. So <clears throat> these false prophets, they're going to make it look good on the outside. They're going to make themselves look like, they've got it made. <coughs> Excuse me. But when it comes down to it, they're going to deny the very Lord who they're uh, claiming as their own. Jerry? <coughs> In verse... Right. So there's going to be... Um, the Holy Spirit. We're going to have people who are truly saved and are of God are going to have the Holy Spirit in them. People who are the false teachers who maybe maybe may not be saved are not going to have the Holy Spirit in them. They're going to have the spirit of the Antichrist. You know, the Antichrist, when he comes, he's going to persuade a lot of people to, to follow him. So, verse 1 through 6, that's all I want to talk about there. Just kind of a warning. So, <clears throat> starting in our Main passage, verse 7. Uh, Brother Bill, would you read verse 7 for us? Okay. Uh, Taylor? <coughs> yeah. So, does this mean that everybody that loves or says a profession of love is of God? <clears throat> this is not talking about that. This is, again, remember, First John is written to believers. So this is the context that we're, we're trying to keep in mind. We as Christians have true love. We have uh, 
<coughs> we are of God once we become saved. We are in his family. Therefore, we have access to true love. And we must show this love to everyone <clears throat> unconditionally. So, this true love, um, what is that kind of understanding this, <coughs> what we've read so far? Man, what do you think that true love means? Just from what we read so far. <coughs> Right. <clears throat> yeah. So, we have this true love. We have this picture of true love. We've accepted the gift of true love. <clears throat> so now we have access to it. We know what that means and how we can show it and share it to others around us. <clears throat> we can also know God personally because of this love. Because God is love. We can know him personally. Thank you, Brother Bill. <clears throat> Something's got me. I don't know what it is. <clears throat> so, yeah. <clears throat> Satan's trying to do something, I guess. <clears throat> so anyway, at, once we become saved and we are uh, Christians, believers, we have now accepted this gift salvation <clears throat> and now we have access to true love moving on to verse 8 uh, Oscar could you read us verse 8 what does that mean what do you think that means he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love <clears throat> Right, so verse 7 talks about how let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. It's talking about Christians, believers. Verse 8 is talking about unbelievers. <clears throat> um, they don't have this form of true love. <clears throat> they have not accepted the free gift of salvation so they cannot, they cannot show this true love. Um, you know, because, just because people have the capability or the capacity to show love does not mean that they are saved. <clears throat> That's not what this is saying. Again, understand the context of this is Christians, this is uh, written to Christians, and that's, that's our focus. Unsaved people cannot know or love God because they have not accepted Christ as their Savior. Therefore, they don't have access, they don't have the access that Christians do to this true love. Only by accepting the free gift of salvation can we have access to true love. <coughs> and the first John four two four says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Plain and simple. If you say, <clears throat> Yeah, I know God, but you don't you don't show it, you don't believe it, you don't none of your life shows it. You're a liar. He's a liar. 
and he is not of God. Plain and simple. So, like I said, <clears throat> the first step to understand all of this or have access to this is to get saved. That is the first step <clears throat> for this to be applicable to you. <clears throat> you must accept Christ as your Savior. <clears throat> that is a huge uh, part of this. So verse 9 and 10, <clears throat> um, Warren, would you mind reading that for us? Yes. Sorry. That's right, yeah. Right. <clears throat> so again, it's just stating how much God loves us. <clears throat> and this was manifested, the love of God toward us. So God loves us, and it, it showed in the picture, the perfect picture of the cross, of the perfect picture of true love. <clears throat> God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So accept Jesus Christ. He become the Holy, we, we, uh, we gain the Holy Spirit in Christ lives through us to other people. Herein is love, not that we love God, because we didn't. When you were born, when we, we all started, well, one, we didn't know who God was, but as we grew up, we didn't love God first. He loved us first. <clears throat> While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we were even born, all this happened. And I know y'all know, know that, but just understand that. that that is so powerful it is nothing that we did we didn't just say you know what i love god and he's like oh oh you do okay well i love you too no he, he made it abundantly clear i love everybody i died for everybody and so that's that's where we're at <clears throat> that god loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins so he sent a, a sacrifice he sent somebody, something, to be in that place, serve some, a purpose for our good. Without that sacrifice, we would not be here. We would not be <clears throat> able to talk about this. We would not be able to, our, our, our beliefs would be in vain. There would be nothing. It would be empty. And what what... What kind of life would that be? That would be miserable. You know, just think about that. <clears throat> Walking around, you know, thinking everything's going to be all good or whatever, and then just believe in something that, and then it's not true. Um, so this is what tells us how much God loves us. God's love was shown to us through sending and sacrificing his son. God loved us so much. He sent his only son to die for all our sins. Not half, not a quarter, not three-fourths, all our sins. So that means everything's paid, paid for. There's nothing we have to do other than accepting the free gift of salvation. It's all paid for. It's like for the rest of your life, every time you go to get groceries, you're good, sir, go ahead. You're good, ma'am. Groceries are paid for. Wouldn't that be amazing? 
Especially in this time, yeah. Your gas. You're good. Go ahead. Just think about that. That is the type, even more so, more important, more bigger, if you will. That's how big this, this is how, that's how much this should mean to us. If we can apply that to something that we go through every day. You know, every time you look at your bank account, you know, you spend money, you go look, nothing's changed. Numbers are the same. Just everything, everything's paid for, you're all good. <laughs> it's a special bank. No, I'm kidding. Um, we have eternal life because of this sacrifice. We should feel, I'm going to be explaining this a little bit later, we should feel obligated to show this love we have to other people unconditionally. Who said unconditionally? You did. Unconditionally. That's a big one right there. We're going to talk about that a little, uh, a little bit later as well. Unconditionally. Um, he, didn't die for, he didn't just die for us. Jesus died for the whole world. I know Pastor Danny is in a lot of uh, debates and a lot of talks with people who believe that there are a select few who have been chosen, and that is, that is not true. Christ died for all. John 3.16, very simple. For God so loved half of the world that he gave his only begotten son. Nope, for God so loved the world. There is no cutoff point. There is no, oh, heaven's reached capacity. Aren't you so happy for that? so happy for that i mean that's gonna make that makes me feel good that my my faith and my belief is secure and i don't have to wonder uh, i hope i'm the elect i'm hope i hope i'm chosen but if i didn't feel that way then you know. anyway john three sixteen, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever so if the world wasn't enough of a, an example god so loved the world then he adds, whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Does whosoever set a cap on, is there a cap on who? No. It should not perish, but have everlasting life. 100%, everybody. Everybody has the ability to accept this gift. But the sobering fact is, not everybody will. And that's where we have to feel a burden <clears throat> to tell people about Christ, to spread the news where we can. Um, always be ready. Be prepared. Verse 11. <clears throat> I'll read that one. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. I, I have here, the verse 9 and 10 weren't enough to help you understand how big of a deal this is. God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. That is the, one of the biggest things that I just, I know, I know you understand. For those who have grown up in church, you, you get it. God died for us. Sometimes when somebody would get up and teach, and I'm speaking from experience, um, when I was younger, <clears throat> when I, somebody would get up and start preaching about salvation, you know, go to camp around Tuesday and Wednesday, Usually it's a salvation message. 
And it's just kind of, yep, been there. I'm done. I don't have to listen to this. This doesn't apply. But just how important it is. Because that's where our beliefs begin. That's, that's where we stand on. That's our foundation. Again, if we didn't have that, where would we be? But what are we going to tell them? What's the good news? There is none. There's no good news to tell. We must love one another, have compassion, be long-suffering. God does not look kindly on people who do not forgive others for something they themselves have been forgiven for. Does that make sense? Let me say that again. God does not look kindly on people who do not forgive others for something they themselves have been forgiven for. Matthew eighteen twenty one through thirty five. Let's uh, let's turn there because uh, it's good chunk of verses, but I think some people may know what um, <clears throat> what this parable is already. Matthew uh, eighteen twenty one through thirty five. <clears throat> um, would anybody be willing to read that? I'm going to try to not read as much. So a lot of verses there, but do you see what I mean by that statement? The very last verse, my Heavenly Father will do the same. We have to have compassion. We need to be long-suffering. I I fall short of that many times. You know, you're, you're going through a rough day. Something, just one little thing sets you off and the rest of the day is ruined. You're not kind to anybody. Everybody's just against you, even though they're not. And you're, you don't um, have the patience. You're not compassionate with anybody because they're, they're all uh, lesser than you. And you just, 
you're frustrated, and everybody should feel sorry for you. Go ahead. Hmm. Right. I like all that. I mean, I Somebody in I know, kind of going off that, a lot of us, uh, you know, again, I speak from experience, of us who have grown up in church, you know, we've, we've heard all the Bible stories, we've heard all the lessons, we could probably quote some of the sermons we've heard, because we've heard them so many times. So we know how to produce the, you know, the fruits that you see sometimes on a Thanksgiving table. You're like, oh man, that fruit looks really good, and you go to grab it, it's plastic. It's, that's, that's a picture of what happens. When you become calloused and you become, yep, I've heard this before. Yep, I've heard this before. You know what to do. You know how to look good. You know how to make everybody like, man, what a what a good looking Christian. You know how to do that, and it's it becomes easy. So, but on the inside, you know, like the Bible said, God God knows the heart. Everything can look good on the outside, but on the inside, if it's not right, if it's rotten, eventually it's going to come out. But God already knows. So. We must be compassionate and forgiving and mean it. Thank you, Brother Bill, for that. All right, verse 12. Uh, turn back to First John 4. We'll read verse 12. Doing good on time. All right. Um, yeah, verse 12. No man has seen God in any time. If we love one another... God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. We must have faith and believe what we have not seen. And that's easier said than done. Um, think about it. You know, the uh, was Indiana Jones movie. I forget which one it is. I think it's the first one. I remember one of the last ones. I don't remember. But all of a sudden, there's this huge gap. And they're like, oh, just take the step. You know, he's, you got to take the step, take the step, take the step. There's nothing there. Why would he take the step? But he has faith. He takes a step. There's, there's a bridge. He takes another step. Doesn't fall. Another step. He goes all the way across. And there's a bridge. That's what it's like in a way more important and uh, serious way. None of us have seen God no man has seen God no man has seen God so we have to have faith and believe in something that we have not seen brother Bill everybody has faith that these chairs are going to work and they weren't going to fall apart those ones that Kyle and Lydia are sitting in those are a little risky but you never know with those but that's the type of faith that we have to have 
you have faith that your car's going to crank in the morning. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, you just have faith. You take for granted these things are going to work. That's the, the kind of faith that you need to have with God. Not a flip it and just take for granted kind of faith, but a faith that no matter what, God's there. He's going to be there. He's going to provide. Uh, the song that Taylor and I sang this morning, Do You Trust Me? You've got to have trust. You've got to have trust. You've got to believe. If you don't have trust, it's one thing to believe and recognize and say, yep, I believe God's real. But if you don't trust him, those, those two things got to connect. You've got to trust that he is going to take care of you. We will have a closer relationship with Christ if we have faith. James 1, 2, and 3 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You go through a trial. If you stick with it, if you say, God, you've got, this in, you've got me in this for a reason, I'm going to have faith, I'm going to trust that this is going to work out for good. On the other side, if that's your mentality, you're going to come out a better person. God's not going to put you through something just pointlessly. There's always a purpose. <clears throat> Verses 13 and 14. Um, could you read that for me? Sorry. So, we know the Holy Spirit is in us, <clears throat> right? If we are saved, if we have believed, and we have faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit is now a part of us, right? Okay. So, we must tell others about him. That way, people are able to have the Holy Spirit in them and usually become a better person. Now, that's not the, the purpose of having the Holy Spirit in you. The purpose of holy, ha- having the Holy Spirit is in you is to share and spread the word. <clears throat> um, people, unsaved people can have morals. I've met unsaved people who are very um, good people. They, they have morals. They, they stand on things. They have traditions. They have these... Um, set of rules that they've always lived by and they are good people that that doesn't mean they're saved right no doesn't mean they have the holy spirit in them no that just means that they know that there is a line somewhere and they're not going to cross it but us as christians we have the um moral compass of god we have the bible that is our rules, if you will, our list of things, things that we can go to and say, what's the answer about this? Where do I need to be on this? It's in the Bible. We have access to God directly in prayer. How often do things change, something becomes better because of prayer? I've seen it multiple times. Every Tuesday morning, the men that come up here and pray We've, we've seen prayers answered in that. 
I've seen a lot of prayers answered. And that should be a comforting thought, knowing that we have direct line of access to Christ, Jesus Christ himself, God himself. It's like having, having him on speed dial. Anytime you just be like, hey, I just want to talk to God real quick. Now, there, there's no audible conversation between y'all, but it's just the fact of knowing that comforting feeling of God's always with me. God's always with me. We must tell others about him. We need to testify, testify to the world that Christ is king and there is no one else. That's a big thing too. There is no one else. There's no other way. God, Christ is the only way. There is no one else on this earth that can get us to heaven. Mark sixteen fifteen says, And he said unto, him, unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now that doesn't mean dogs, and lizards, and cats. You know, that not every every creature, but every human that has ears to hear, let him hear. Preach it. That's why missionaries I'm I'm so glad this church is so involved in missions, spreading the word. I've seen bigger churches who have way more money be less involved because they are so worried about the image or the facilities, not that we just don't care, but we have priorities. And I'm not saying that God doesn't bless those ministries, but there is a special blessing and a special gratification, if you will, in being so involved in missions and being able to see pictures and videos of stuff that we as a church are directly influencing. I mean, look at all these buildings seeing uh, Brother Avila come and talk and the emotion that he had and just the thankfulness that he had. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that Pastor Ken has made, from the very minute he came here, has made missions like top priority. That's, it's, it's a huge, huge deal. Verse 15. I'll read it. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. Pretty simple. God has not chosen people to be saved. Whosoever is a very clear statement. Whosoever. We talked about that earlier. There's no limit to whosoever. There's no cap. There's no... Uh, I keep saying... Do what? Anybody? Everybody? Even Jerry? I know that's, that's a little bit of a stretch, but... <laughs> but God loves everybody. There is no exception to that. None. Everyone has the ability to be saved. Unfortunately, not everyone will accept it. Romans 5.8 But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's not a specific us in this verse, in, in Romans 5.8. This is speaking for sinners too. Us is everybody. Christ died for us, the world, everyone, whosoever. Whatever word you want to describe, everyone. He, di- he died for them. He died for them. Verse 16. And we have known and believed that God, 
believed the love that God hath to us, <clears throat> God is love. <clears throat> and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. We know that Christ died for us. We know that God allowed what God allowed to happen in our place for our sins. God is love. Can't emphasize that enough. God is love. He doesn't hate people. He loves all types of people. <clears throat> all types of people. Um, and this is kind of where that, a, that uh, unconditional love comes into play. <clears throat> we as Christians, you know, like I've been saying, we have the ability to show, we have access to true love. We have the ability to show this true love to everybody that we're around, the world that we're around, the people that we're uh, involved with. So we should do it unconditionally. Just because someone loves does not mean they are of God. I, I spoke about that earlier. Just because they say, oh, I love that person, an unsafe person says, I love that person, that does not mean that God is in them and that they dwell with God. This is speaking of accepting the free gift of salvation and dwelling in a relationship with God. First John 4, 20. We'll, we'll cover that later. But that's the verse that I have <clears throat> for reference. But I want to go back to that God loves all types of people. There are many times I feel like Christians become, like Pastor said this, this morning, are more worried about the cultural, cultural problems. And that is, that is something that we need to be aware of. We need to realize we can't just close ourselves in a shell and just say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to look at anything that's going on. I'm just going to... We can't be naive to what is going on in the world. We have to be aware. We have to realize what people are going through. But we get so worried about the cultural problems that we forget about the spiritual problems. Sometimes we're so worried about just, no, 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 you need to do this because this is what's right. Do this because this is what's right. And you want to pound it into them. And most people these days do, do not respond well to that type of uh, approach. They, <clears throat> it's getting to where you have to have an approach of just living lifestyle evangelism, living out what you preach, live what you preach. Um, because unsaved people, especially nowadays, are quick to call out hypocrites. They can recognize a hypocrite faster than they can recognize a dollar bill. I mean, they just, oh, that person's a hypocrite. And then credibility, gone. Out the window. You, you've, you've lost them. And we need to be more worried about their spiritual well-being than what they may be doing <clears throat> in their personal lives, in their everyday life. We need to go to them, share the gospel with them. Don't shove it down their throat. Share the gospel with them. And then if they accept, great. That's wonderful. But if they decide to decline, then that's that's on them. But it is good to... That doesn't mean you just give up and say, oh, well, on to the next one. You pray for that person. Pray for them. Because, like Pastor Kenneth said, you've planted a seed. You put a rock in their in their shoe. Something that 
will probably grow. Something that they're it's going to be in their brain. That's all that we're supposed to. There, there's going to be so many seeds planted that we're not going to see grow or flourish until we get, maybe get to heaven. Seeds that we, we don't we don't know about, and that's why we've always got to be prepared, always uh, aware that people are watching Christians. And it's sad to say there are a lot of Christians who get on these rants and these videos and just <clears throat> just tear these uh, unsaved people up, which it is okay to approach that in a gracious, loving manner, loving attitude. But they get on there and they just rip into them. And then right away, like I said earlier, that just, they don't listen. All they see is some crazy hooligan yelling, screaming, and we're, we're just like them. That's, that's what they see because that's how they are. So why would they, why would they want to be any different? <clears throat> I, know I just went on a long tangent. None of that was really my notes, but I just wanted us to really realize that's what we need to be doing as Christians. Getting the word out, spreading the word. Instantly, they're they're done. They they don't care anything else you have to say, and that's that's very detrimental. Especially if you're saying, "I'm going to take this person on as a discipleship uh, project." Not that people are projects, but as a hey, I'm going to become their mentor. I'm going to bring them in, help them like this. These people had done with Michelle, <clears throat> and then you know you're you're meeting with them, having coffee with them. Really, yeah, you know. This is the way God wants us to live. You know, this is what we need to be doing. You know, wh- whatever. And then you invite them over to your house, and like, whoa, you're a totally different person than when we're out having coffee. And it's you've lost them. You know, they they realize, okay, my life's good. I don't need to change anything. They're just like me. And it's okay to be just like them because we're all human. We are sinners, even though as uh, Believers, we have the Holy Spirit, we have Christ, we've accepted that free gift. We need to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's a whole it's a whole different uh, thing that I'm not going to get into right now because I do want to... <clears throat> we get about uh, 12 minutes left, so I'm, I'm trying to move. All right, now that all that is said, uh, verse 17. <clears throat> Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. So dwelling in this relationship with God allows him to perfect us. I've got a question, and I'm, I'm opening it up. What does he mean by perfect? We're humans. We're not perfect. How can, how can anything be perfected in us? 
What do you, what do you, what do you think that means? No one is perfect. So what, what does John mean by that? Brother Bill, I'll, I'll pick on you. What do you think that means? Right. 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 Anybody else have an opinion or thought? Taylor? Anybody else? Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People who committed openly, we can read of their worst sins, but look what God did through them. David was still a man after God's own heart. Even after what he did, adultery, uh, immorality, murder, all that terrible stuff. Still love God. Psalm 51, one of the most, man, I love that psalm. And it just with the perspective of what he had just gone through and then realizing he, he knew he messed up and then he just pouring his heart out in that psalm. Anybody else, real quick? Aaron. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Very good. St- did you did you get my notes? You must have. <laughs> Me too. All right. Anybody else, real quick, before I keep going. No. Okay. So I have uh, the rest of my point here is. We dwell in this relationship so that when we get to heaven and stand before the judgment throne, we can stand boldly without shame because we, all, we allowed God to cultivate us into who we are, not our flesh. Each one of y'all hit on it, and, and then it all came together. We allow God to mold us, his Holy Spirit to guide us. This does not mean we are perfect, We are perfect humans. His true love is shown through us. His perfect will is given to us. And we are just chosen to live it out. Through uh, his will through us. And that James James 1 and 2 goes back and uh, talks about that as well. You know, when you fall into diverse temptations, count it all joy. 
It's gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna be better on the other side of that. Verse 18, I gotta hurry a little bit. This is what uh, Brother Aaron spoke on. We should not fear. Trust God. Trust me. Song again this morning. Do you trust me? Do you trust me with your life? Do you trust me? Simple. It's a simple question. You gotta answer it. Think about it. Are you gonna trust him? That's a daily decision. Not just a one-time decision. Daily. Every moment. God, I gotta trust you. When our relationship is right with God, he will hold us and keep us safe. We, ha- we shouldn't fear. There's no need to fear. God has us. You may fear. We are human. We're going to fear. You know, it, it, it's, it's a natural thing. Some do uh, fear more than others. We have three questions that I want you to think about. Is that fear controlling you? <clears throat> is it controlling you? You're a fearful, fearful person. Is it crippling you? Are you just so fearful that you just can't function? And then lastly, is that fear becoming you? Think about that. Are you a fearful person? <clears throat> Psalm 56, 3 through 4. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Trust God. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do under me. That is so powerful. So powerful. I'm not going to fear. No. I have no reason to fear. Doesn't mean I'm just going to walk across train tracks all day and just be like, nope, I'm good. No reason to fear. No, that would be stupid. But it is the, the thought that I can go day to day and not fear for tomorrow. God's got it. I'm going to do what I got to do, do what I know I need to do, what I'm supposed to do, have that relationship with God, follow God, do what's right, and God's going to handle the rest. Pray. Talk to God. But you got to trust him. If you don't trust him, you're not going to you're not going to be able to not fear. So just think about that. Is it controlling you? Is it crippling you? Is it becoming you? Verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. Again, I spoke about this earlier. There's nothing we did. Nothing. If it was up to us, man, that's a scary thought. If I, if the weight of the world was put on my shoulders, I would fall like that. I like to think I'm a strong guy, but I'm not. Not when it comes to that. None of us are, were worthy enough to come, come to this earth and be offered as a sacrifice. None of us. Only God's son, Jesus Christ, was worthy of that. So, um, I can't remember what pastor said this morning but about, about it. Oh, it's reasonable. It's a reasonable service. There's this whole sermon. Not that we, um, I'm going to talk about this later, not that we become robots and just say, yes, whatever you say. Like, that's not what we're supposed to come be, become. We become servants. We we serve Christ because it is our reasonable service. We owe that to God because of what he did for us. You know, <clears throat> I think I'm getting a little 
I'm, I'm right on I'm right on track. Uh, let me just read this. One of the most well-known verses here. Uh, verses. Here's the obligation that we have to Christ. I talked about that earlier. God chose to send His Son. That's a key word right there. Chose. He could have. He could have found another way. He's God. He could have found another way, but He chose because He knew somebody was going to have to come to this earth, live a perfect, sinless life, and sacrifice themselves for us. And nobody else could do that other than Jesus Christ. God chose his son to come to this earth for us wretched sinners. Wretched sinners. There's nothing good about us. Therefore, we owe it to God to serve him with our lives. Not with just a service here and there. Our lives. Um, A lot of us uh, have devoted our lives to careers, to certain paths in our lives. That's, we need to devote ourselves to Christ. That's the kind of devotion we need to have. When you get a job and you're like, yep, I'm going to see, I'm going to retire here. That's the mentality you need to have, that you're going to put in a good 40 years, 30, 40 years serving Christ, but not just 30, 40 years, your life. From the moment you become saved, devoted. I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to do, it is my reasonable service. It's the least we can do. After what he done for he's done for us. <clears throat> we do have free will. Now, all that being said, we do have free will. We have uh, we have the ability to choose to do things or to not do things. This does not mean, like I said, we don't become robots. We don't become brainwashed and just sit in front of a screen and just with our eyes peeled open and listen and just become these zombies. <clears throat> And we don't just become brainwashed and just do what we're told without rhyme or reason. We simply make the decision to follow and obey no matter what. Because of what Christ did on the cross for us, we we, we do that because of what he did on the cross for us. If someone uh, you are friends with, just an analogy, does something for you that is is a huge blessing, you know, breaks the leaves, mows the yard, does does some type of task for you that makes your life so much better. Don't you feel like, man, next time they need anything, I'm there. I'm helping them. You know, you feel obligated, right? Usually, unless you're just somebody that's just like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. Uh, me personally, I'm like, man, you know, they took the time to come help me to do all this. Um, he's not in here. But Woody, that man has done so much for me, and selflessly. How many times my Jeep is broke down, and I've been like, Woody, and he's like, what time, <laughs> what is it this time? <laughs> what what part do I need to be researching? You know, he's, but he's there. He's done so much for me. But, and I, th- sometimes I'm like, all right, what do you need help with? You want me to weed it? You want me? He's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, no, let me, like, let me do something. He's like, no, all good. But that's the type of mentality that we need to have. Look what Christ did for us. We have that picture right there every Sunday when we come and sit and look. The cross is right there, a constant reminder every Sunday. There's how many uh, when we did the the scavenger? How, how many crosses are in here? There's there's a ton of crosses in here. That is the picture, the constant reminder of what Christ did for us, and that is the biggest task the the biggest task known to man. It's not mowing your yard. It's not picking up the leaves. It's not doing all that. That is the greatest of it all. He gave his life for us. 
Think about it. If somebody gave their life for you, you would feel indebted, right? You would feel, wow, they sacrificed themselves for me. And if they leave a family behind, you, you're going to feel, I, I got to do something for that family. There's a debt that needs to be paid. But guess what? Debt's already paid. There's nothing we have to do. Nothing. <clears throat> so we should have the same thought process for God and what he did for us. Verse 20. I'm going to go a little over, but it's all right. Uh, verse 20. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother... He is a liar, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Again, we got to have faith. We've got to trust. We cannot have a double standard. We must show love to everyone equally. Sure, you're going to have people who are closer, you're closer to than others. <clears throat> you're going to have close friends. You're going to have people who you just connect with better. That's okay. But that does not mean that others that you do not connect well with get treated any differently. <clears throat> when it comes to just the basic friendship, the basic love of Christ. You not treat them any differently because of who they are, what they've done, anything like that. <clears throat> Matthew 6.24 and then Luke 6.13, kind of the same verse, say the same thing. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We cannot have, two, we cannot have a double standard. If we say we believe God, we got to believe him. You cannot serve God and the world. Be, of, be in the world, not of the world. Verse 21. <clears throat> and this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Plain and simple. God said it, that settles it. Pastor Danny, I love it when he says that. Because it makes it so simple. We're able to just be like, oh yeah, cool. Yep, yep. Dummies it down for us. God said it, that settles it. It's a commandment. <clears throat> Matthew nineteen nineteen, Honor thy father, father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Matthew twenty two thirty nine, And the second is like unto you, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Galatians five fourteen, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There's three verses right there. <clears throat> and that was a quick little Bible search, keyword. Love thy neighbor as thyself. If you want to be treated like dirt and be yelled at, then by all means, go around and treat everybody else like that. But that's not the point. That's not the point. We are to treat others like Christ treated us. And how did he treat us? He died for us. Paid the ultimate sacrifice. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. So I just want to ask a couple questions, and then, then we'll, we'll close. Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? We are to love everyone. There's not a limit. Did God limit it? No. Then why should we? Why should we limit who we show our Christ's love to? If God didn't do it, we shouldn't do it. We should not pick, pick and choose. It is difficult. There are definitely people who I would be like, I don't want to love you <laughs> because they are so, so all, way off in left field. But we, we have to love. If we are 
approached by them or somehow involved with them, we have to love them. We have to love them. We are to be the bearers of the good news, the gospel. We are the messengers. Going back to loving people, loving sinners, good good phrase I always like to remember is love the sinner, hate the sin. <clears throat> what they're doing is not right. And that, that, that's, that is okay to let them know that in a loving way. That does not mean that you turn them away. You need to love them, show them love. How can we improve? Answer these questions in your head. How can we improve on how we show love toward others? Just think about that in your day-to-day. How can you improve? Can you go out of your way and do something nice for somebody? Even if they're not nice to you? Are we loving right? Think about that. Are we loving the right way? Are we loving biblically in this passage? Are we loving this way? I'm not. I can tell you that. I'll be honest right now. This has been very convicting to to study. Very convicting. Are we loving unconditionally? Without um, reserve. Are we showing the love that we should to others, to other Christians and unsaved? Because sometimes... The hardest people on each other are other Christians. We are so hard on each other. So hard on each other. Quick to judge. We are to be salt and light to the earth. We are not here to condemn the world or the people we are around. That's not up to us. That's going to be up to God on Judgment Day. So our job while we're here is to spread the love. Not the, not the hippie, the feel-good love, but the true love of Jesus Christ, this earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this evening, Lord. Thank you for allowing me to speak for this opportunity. Lord, just even as I was teaching, just help me to apply this to my life. Lord, I'm, I'm not perfect in any way. I'm not even going to act like I am. I know these people in here say the same thing, Lord. We're human. We fail every day, multiple times a day. Lord, that's why we need you. You are what completes us. You are the developer, the cultivator, your Holy Spirit. Lord, just... Help this to be a blessing to those who hear it. Lord, just help us to love, spread the love, share the gospel, Lord, and do it in a loving way. Lord, just uh, give us a good night. Help us to have a good week and to show the love to others, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. Thank you all for coming.